Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at it again at the boot camp. I hope you're ready for the next episode. We are uh, here from the Bob Bigford special suite at the Omni. This is, I mean, nobody else gets to use this all year round. It's only Bob. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes. just, it's just Bob's presidential suite here. Yeah, Elvis stayed here one time. <laughs> well, we got to tell people why we're here, Jimbo. Yeah, tell them. So what, we, what are we doing here? We're here for the Replant Practitioner Lab 2022 version. This is where we train DOMs and associational missional strategists from across North America in the associational uh, replanting guide. It's a consultation process. So we're here. This is our fifth year. It's hard to believe. Wow. You were you were an alumnus of the very first year. Yeah, I went through the went through the training the first year. Yeah. And then I've gotten to be a part of helping it a, a little ever since, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. Been, it's been a lot of fun and, and we have with us a special guest who actually helped us create the training. Yeah. And I'm excited to have him here. So I'll let you introduce because you enjoy introducing Walker guest. Armstrong is is like the the strong whiskey drink that's been sitting in the oak barrel for a long, long time that you're glad to have. Uh, As a Baptist, how, he works for well, how do you know about that? Well, I've read stories. Yeah. I want to I want to do a disclaimer up front, you know, personally, that I don't use barrels. Um. <laughs> No, we are so glad to have Walker. The last time we recorded with Walker was in this exact same room. It was. The Bob Bickford Presidential Suite. And we had a good time hanging out with him. It's always a fun time hanging out with the Velvet Hammer himself, uh, who has now added to his resume writing uh, romance novels, is what I said. And uh, he, 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 did, he said that wasn't the right classification. But it's just more fun to say that Walker Armstrong writes romance novels. Tell us a little about the the book your wife just talked you into writing. Uh, so um, seven years ago, right after Thanksgiving, I asked my wife what she wanted for Christmas, and she said, "Write me a novel." And uh, at first, I thought she was kidding, you know. And then when I realized she was, and I said, "Gina, what in the world are you thinking?" I, you know, I've never written fiction like this before. I mean, and she said, "It doesn't matter what you write, you know, anything." And so I. I put together 13 chapters in about four weeks, uh, the first version of it. She loved it, uh, looked at getting it published through some book agents. So I went 0 for 22 uh, with book agents. And um, uh, and then so I left it alone, and I would revisit and tweak it and shape it and do some things. And then um, I went through a course on purposing in uh, your life and doing a life mission, and this was on my bucket list. So we self-published it the end of last year, uh, and then we uh, launched a website in February, actually on February 14th, Wow! Uh-huh. you know, on Valentine's Day, uh, walkerarmstrongwrites.com. And so... What's the name of the book? The name of the book is Running to Catch a Bus. I believe Jimbo did that when he was a child. Yeah, multiple yes. times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's not a school about, you know, it's not a book about elementary school and, and getting late, you know, to the bus stop. Okay. Uh, but it's it's really a book about forgiveness, and and the gospel is embedded in it, and um, so it was a lot of fun to write. Um, and my wife is, you know, she's very pleased with it, which makes me happy. So, 
Um, if I break even on this enterprise, I'll be tickled to death. There okay. we go. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, so you got to check it out, walkerarmstrongrights.com. Yes, sir. <laughs> and you can you can enter into the romance novel world of Walker Armstrong. I'm trying to help guys all over the United States. You know, buy the book. It'll help you. We need it. You we, know, we need that. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> I'm rereading it, and I wrote it. <laughs> well, good. So... The other thing that I thought it would be fun for us to talk about is the idea of uh, focusing on the actual replanter or revitalizer. Uh, we started this conversation before recording because I got to spend some time with uh, Terry Long from North Carolina Baptist Convention, and he was showing me a little bit of the y'all state conventions church revitalization model. And one of the things that you guys put towards the top is revitalize the man. Mm -hmm. And we just finished uh, a a series on the character mm. of the leader with several factors to it: humility, goodwill, empathy, integrity, respect. And, and how all of those really work together. So much of what, not just us on the boot camp, but so many resources are focused on strategizing the leadership, the organization of the church, uh, focusing on the mission, and we want to focus on those things as well. But there, there is, I think, been no harder season mm -hmm. in modern ministry, at least, than right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of guys, I think, I was listening to one of our other favorite podcasts, The Trent Talk, Trench Talk with, uh, with Brian Croft, and they were talking about how because things have started to somewhat return to a normal pattern now, it's almost like guys coming back from battle and they haven't had a chance to, while in the middle of battle, to grieve all the losses. Mm -hmm. So now as they're re-entering into society, the grief starts to hit them. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of guys leading right now, it's as we're re-entering, there is the grief is catching up and there's no better time, I think, for us to focus on how do we make sure that pastors are healthy. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you're seeing as you're working with pastors in, in the need in this area? Um, I think one of the biggest challenges in in ministering to ministers, particularly within our ecclesiology of a congregational form of church governance, is that a lot of guys uh, went deep into their own rabbit holes uh, mm -hmm. during COVID. Um, on one level, they really worked hard at taking care of their flocks. I think many people did a phenomenal job in our association in doing that, regardless of the size of their churches. Uh, but other guys, you know, became more remote, more distant, uh, more self-enclosed. And, you know, it really concerned me for, for their welfare long term. Um, you know, what if you build a habit pattern over this? Um, even after COVID subsides, um, if you're relationally locked off, mm. um, you know, how does that impact your family? How does it impact you long term? Um, so, you know, that's probably more than the great resignation or whatever eventually happens from that, if anything, at a large scale. Um, probably it's, it reminds me of what you read about the long-term symptoms from COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, some people have neurological, uh, challenges. Some people have cardio challenges. Um, and so, um, you really don't know the full impact of COVID maybe until five years out, researchers say, 
um, to see you know how people are doing long term. I think the same is true emotionally, spiritually, relationally for pastors. Uh, we really don't know at this point the impact of COVID you know, on these folks. Um, and so we've been trying to figure out how to help in that regard. I was with uh, some leaders in the Minnesota Baptist Convention just uh, previous to coming here to Atlanta. And one of the uh, speakers was a, a counselor, uh, like a CPE, you know, pow, uh, clinical uh, chaplain guy. And he, he had just mentioned that he initially thought that uh, 12 to 18 months from the point of COVID when it first hit in March of 2020, that they might see guys really begin to tank. And, and what he realized was he was wrong, that it's taken a little longer for guys to really hit the wall. But he said, guys are really starting to hit it right now. Mm. And even tonight when we were gathered, uh, gathering with some of our leaders, I just heard some stories about pastors and churches that were really experiencing difficult times. And so it's a real tough season right now. And and so some of our boot campers, you know, we, they've been working hard and all of a sudden they if you're like, man, I should be over this. Like, no, the mask mandates are going away and, and people can gather, but people aren't coming back and it's really getting hard for them right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think as we look into this, it's important for guys, one, to hear that and know, hey, it's normal, right? This is, it. if, if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, man, I've really been struggling, well, know that you're not the only one uh, and you don't need to walk that alone. You need to have somebody walk that with you. So I know, uh, I know your association, Walker, does uh, like a lot of associations and offers some uh, interventive care mm-hmm. and and counseling for guys like that. So uh, they could reach out to their state convention, their local association, and chances are one of those would probably uh, have some benefit to that. Speak real quick to to why a guy would want to take us why he should make that call to find some counseling help right now um well you know a lot of people that are a lot wiser than me over the years have commented that um you need a coach or counselor as a pastor or minister um outside your church you know outside of um maybe your uh, per se your associational contacts and you need to have someone where you can just kind of unwind with, let it all hang out uh, and share, you know, about problems. Because when you don't have that, then what you're doing is by default waiting on a crisis to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like your, your health. Why, why do you want to wait till you have a heart attack or stroke to start exercising um, or watching your diet? So I, I think that, uh, you know, as ministers, we're used to just kind of pushing through difficulties, um, helping people deal with, you know, really traumatic situations, whether it's death or divorce or other situations, and we take it on the chin with them, we feel it with them, and then we don't have anybody uh, to debrief with about that. You know, using your wife for that is not a good idea, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You don't want to lock her out of everything, but um, you know she doesn't want to be your go-to person where you're you're laying those burdens on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she needs to be a co-laborer with you. Uh, you know, if you have children and still in the home, she needs to be helping you with kind of helping make sure the kids have somewhat of a normative life. <laughs> you know, but but I think that you know I, I can't say this enough that you know ministers need ministers. They need 
counselors that understand them, understand their situation, uh, and, and can offer them care. So when thinking through some general categories of health in a, in a pastor's life or replanter's life, when you guys think about that at the associational level, I mean, physical health, you've mentioned mental, spiritual, like just give us the, the what, are, what are the areas that you guys are seeking to provide encouragement to mm-hmm. for these pastors? So uh, we were talking before uh, we went on air, um, we started this new thing called Leader Care, and what it's designed to do is, is probably the audience is familiar with wellness wheels uh, that look at different things like uh, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, social, environmental, uh, vocational. And, and so you're looking at these components of life the way we and a, a colleague of mine designed that we put a kind of a, the spiritual dimension around all of it. You know, because by identity, we're children of God. You know, so that's that's the hub of our wheels, our walk with God, our relationship to him. But, you know, very few pastors think about uh, financial planning. Very few pastors think about um, vocational planning. Right. And so, you know, to keep them sharp, to keep them in the game, uh, to keep them thinking holistically about their lives, we came up with this thing to, uh, to provide uh, assessment, training, and coaching in a one-hour session with a, uh, with a uh, um, clinical psychologist that's a Christian minister. And, and so he's reduced the rate greatly for us so we could afford it. And we've got 14 people. Um, we have some women in our, uh, in our group test group that are heading up ministries in their local church or other places. And so we're, we're doing both men and women, and, and we're, we're giving it kind of the first round beta test to see, you know, how effective what I would call proactive coaching. Uh, uh, and, um, and so we're, you know, I'll let y'all know how it goes. Um, you know, I was joking that I'm the Dr. Emmett Brown from Back to the Future of Replant. You know, I'll try anything once, you know. Uh, and you might not hear about it, but I'll try it once to see if I can help folks. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the tact we're taking now, Jimbo. And, um, I mean, we feel very positive about it because we're, you know, we think that, you know, it's just like anything. If, if you, if you regularly go to the doctor once a year, um, you can get on top of things quicker, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, that's what we're trying to do. Are you guys seeing any insight? Uh, at this point from those sessions? What are you like? What are some patterns that you're seeing or insights that can be helpful for our listeners? So we, we just got it started in the beta group. So um, we, we just started actually uh, coming up two weeks ago. So, um, you know, you, you, you know, because of my relationship with you guys and everything, you're going to be some of the first folks I talk to about, you know, our first insights. This beta group is also evaluating as they get coached to give us, you know, real-time feedback about how, how well it went. And um, I, I just don't know of anything quite like this in other associations that might be out there, and I just might be ignorant of it. But this proactive model of holistically looking at your life, I mean, I wish I had it. You know, uh, back in, uh, you know, 1998 when the wheels came off for me, um, because I think that would have been a real grace gift to me to think about my life. Yeah. You know, Um, but yeah, hopefully within the next six weeks, you know, we'll, we'll start getting some meaty feedback. 
Sorry, I lost my train of thought. For the for the thousands of boot camp listeners out there that aren't blessed to be in that mm-hmm. beta test, right? What would be insight you could share with them mm-hmm. on steps they could take now while they get on the waiting list? To, yeah, to be a part of something like that. Yeah, I, I think you know, sit down with your wife and say, hey, um, let, let's look at our lives together. You know, what what are some goals? that we have for every area of our lives and, and what allies, you know, mm-hmm. can we tap into um, to help us with our financial planning, to help us, you know, think about our health um, and those kind of things. Um, and it's amazing. I mean, you know, God is, is multi abundant towards us. He's not a stingy God. And I, I just believe if you start looking at people, you know, uh, just within your within your network of relationships, you can start finding people who are content experts in each of these areas mm-hmm. to help you think through it. You know, and probably, you know, at a very low cost in some ways. You know, um, because people want to help. Most people want to help ministers. You know, and if they think that hey, I'm helping this pastor or I'm helping this ministry leader really get a hold of their lives, uh, a lot of people will jump in there. I love the idea of you guys. Uh, at the association doing this. And I think Jimbo raises a good question. So some of our guys are not in an association that maybe has a focus on this. Mm-hmm. So if if there were a couple of pastors, you know, two or three pastors in a particular area that wanted to try to do this themselves with one another, just to encourage one another, mm-hmm. yeah. what, what are some things you might encourage them with or uh, suggest to them? Um so we do a thing called impact groups in their regionally based pastor groups. You know, it's it's really hard to get Baptist pastors to let down their guard mm. um, and open up, or even know that they need one another. Let's just go even more primary and more fundamentally as we look at it to understand that you need your other brothers in Christ to do kingdom ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, um, just that one recognition, you know, that, well, I don't have time for that. Well, you don't have time for it because you don't value it. And you don't value it, you know, without being too prophetic and too mean about it, you don't value it because you don't understand how much you need it and your church needs it. And so, you know, converting pastors, if you will, to that need is a challenge. I know every AMS out there, uh, and every state convention employee is probably going, amen, that's listening to this. Um, so I, I think... Well, they're all for sure listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, every I hope so. I yep. hope so. Every single one of them. So, but, you know, I, I, I think, Bob, that um, if you can get the guys together and they can say, okay, what's the number one pressing need that we can say all, is on our lives right now? Okay, let's let's find a book on that topic and just talk about it with one another in a confidential you know, framework and see how we can encourage each other. And what is occasion is pick, pick a topic that, that connects with us, yeah. you know, about, and it's developmental, you know, yeah. it's not just reactive. Um, and I think that when you're doing that, then people start letting their guard down and talking about, you know, really, you know, um, uh, you know, my oldest son is, you know, he is, he is in a bad place. You know, those conversations happen after trust has been initiated and trust is initiated when everybody feels like they're on the same playing field. Um, so I, I think some at a really simple, simple level, something like that helps. I love that, that, that guys that are that just know each other in a community or a region, a county, uh, in a town, a suburban area, et cetera, they can they can start something like this themselves. I think that's one Absolutely. thing that that. 
for for us as pastors, starting another thing feels mm-hmm. a little heavy sometimes. Of course, right? Or but being in relationship with guys that you can be honest with and talk about what's going on in your life with is incredibly helpful. And I also would say this: it's life giving. Of course, right? So on the front end, I mean, all of us we've probably been to the you know we've been on. On the big, on the the starting side of man, I got to go to this thing, and I don't know, and <laughs> right. is it going to be good? And man, I don't know. And then you go to it, and you're like, oh man, I I absolutely loved being there, and I benefited from being mm-hmm. there. So, mm-hmm. so I think we just just challenge the guys a little bit to think about sure. if you don't have somebody in your area that's coordinating this, why don't you get up with a couple of your pastor friends and consider starting something? Yeah, because you know, again, because of our ecclesiology, a lot of times, and I've been there, you know. Hey, I'm the only guy struggling with this, um, or I'm only, I'm the only guy facing this particular challenge. And then when you start believing that, you isolate more and more. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, you know, I wonder if if other guys really struggle with this. Uh, there's a friend of mine named uh, Andy Bowersox. He leads a ministry called Energize Ministries that ministers pastors, and he was with this uh, pastor of a big independent uh, Baptist church. And the guy had been there like 708 years or something. And uh, and so they were going to the, the, the lodge that Energize had. And this guy was just, just you know, a blowhard. He was just talking about all his accomplishments and how great he was. And Andy was thinking, it was a big mistake to invite this guy. This is just going to be a brag session. I'm just trying to encourage him. They stopped to get a sandwich to take up to the lodge. And he said, as soon as they said the prayer over the sandwiches, this guy busted out crying. And and he was going like, I don't (laughs) understand. I don't know what to do. You had some sandwiches that have made me want to cry. Yeah. And I know Jimbo has. (laughs) But, you know, that that liver mush is just, you know, but but he he just waited, let the guy finish, you know, uh, inventing. And he said, hey, uh, my deacons hate me. My wife has nothing to do with me. None of my kids are close to God. I mean, just went down this laundry list of brokenness. And he said, what, what happened? I mean, that was not the same guy that was riding up the mountain with me, you know? And so I think that in in that situation, um, if you know that there's a safe zone, you can let your guard down. But I mean, we would be surprised at so-called successful ministers, unquote, um, that you know, struggle just as much as a pastor that has you know thirty five on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I talk to a lot of guys that feel isolated mm-hmm. and like they don't have those types of deep relationships, and mm-hmm. they crave that. And they'll they'll have all these reasons as to why, like I don't have time, or I don't know who I can trust. Um, I mean, it's. It's a scary deal, and it can lead to some pretty dark places. Yeah, and our association just uh, just changed names, announced a new thread, and the new thread or slogan is "Don't pastor alone." Yeah, that's a great quote. And we had a legacy pastor kind of share about the the state of pastors in mm-hmm. isolation, and he said he said something that really struck me. He said, "You're only as sick as your secrets." Uh oh. Yeah. I'm in trouble, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're only as sick as your That's the truth. That's the truth. And mm-hmm. um man, there's something about 
sin and shame and depression and when you leave those things in the dark they grow yeah man and and so that 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 slogan of don't pastor alone has resonated with so many of our pastors mm-hmm. uh i initially when it was first pitched to our team i wasn't in favor of it because i didn't like that it was a negative phrasing and uh and so but we just said let's sit on it for a little bit and think about it and uh, my association leader, Bob Bumgarner, and I were having lunch with a pastor that week, and he was sharing some struggles and frustrations. And so I thought, I'm just going to see what he said, how he reacts to this phrase. And I said, hey, man, I just want you to know that it's our desire. We don't want you to have to pastor alone. And he just started weeping. Wow. I mean, just right there at wow. like at Panera. Mm. And... I was not, I mean, we, we weren't leading up to that. I mean, there wasn't, this wasn't a slow buildup. This, this just, just happened. And I was like, okay, all right. There it is. There it is. Right. And, and already just by announcing that phrase, mm. we've had disconnected pastors reach out to our association and say, I've been pastoring alone and I need some yeah. help. Mm. Um, and so just in, in another couple of minutes, just, Talk to us about the importance of and the difference between solitude and isolation, right? So in, in our spiritual growth, we need solitude, mm-hmm. but then we hide behind that sometimes and call it isolation. And there's a talk to us about the difference between those two things. So, I mean, I, I think solitude is a, a much often ignored spiritual discipline. Um, and I, I think if you do it right— you're spending time alone with God. You're not preparing a sermon. You're not even doing planning for ministry. You're just spending time alone with God uh, to allow Him to work deeply in your heart. Um, and that's, I think, should be a regular rhythm uh, in all of our lives. Um, and I think that is a factor that's going to give you really sustained resilience over time and that you won't be a nut job at the end of 50 years of ministry, you know? Um, And you meet some of these guys and go like, you know, I'm not really, you know, excited about, you know, listening to you um, um, because you're a nut job. And so, um, you know, but, but isolation is where we don't get spiritually mature. We get wiggy. I mean, Mm -hmm. we, we, we start, Believe in our own press on one level, you know, which leads to pride, which leads to spiritual insensitivity. On another level, you know, we really do some some uh, tearing down, you know, with self talk of ourselves about, you know, uh, where we're falling short and how bummed out we feel about that. But if you can be with other brothers, you know, talk about that and hear that other people absolutely struggle with the same thing. You know, it ta- it takes that that takes part of that burden away. So I mean, I you know I, I know of pastors that don't ever spend time in solitude. They say they're too busy for that, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're heading down a bad path. Yeah. Uh, and the same is with guys that get isolated. Uh, that they think, hey, I'm doing well. I really don't need any help. You know, you're 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 one conversation away with your wife or, or your kids or a friend from being blown away. Mm. Yeah. Man, a couple practical things I think we should wrap up with here mm-hmm. for the guys is, um, one, the practical shepherding cohort that Brian Croft does. Yeah. Uh, it, it runs on a semester basis, fall and spring. And so we're, they're in the middle of the spring semester. They just had a retreat. And they get, in, get signed up for that, get involved in that. It's a, 
it goes from from one year to two years to three years, and then those those are relationships that last. So, so sign up for that. I also want to say this, what we're talking about is true for pastors' wives, replanters' wives. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a replanters' wives Facebook page, which we'll link on the show notes. And then some guys can be listening, and they're they're past the point of pain, and they're to the point of crisis. And so we have a helpline at NAM mm. uh, that we'll put on the show notes that you can reach out to. That's confidential, free. You just if you just need to download with somebody and just talk to them about what's going on, check that out. And then as well, just recommend, hey, Jimbo and I here at the boot camp, we'd love to hear from you, uh, and we'd love to talk with you if you need help and you feel like you have a relationship with us because you listen to us every week. Um, then we want to we want to reach out. Uh, just reach out. We want to help you. And we'll get you connected uh, with the right resources. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.